Welcome to CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Lynn Poindexter and you're watching the 3B4. Our Delaware River cruise that had to be postponed due to bad weather has been rescheduled for July 19th. The group will meet at Fort Delaware State Park at 5.30 for 6 p.m. departure. Cost is $10 per person and you can pay when you get to the park. No food will be served, but you're welcome to bring your own and bring some to share. To learn more, contact the church office at 302-836-2862. Because we want to be a blessing to those in need in our community, we are planning another yard sale giveaway on Saturday, August 19th from 8 to 11 a.m. at the Bear Campus. We're asking for donations of gently used clothing, children's books, small appliances in their original box, and housewares. You may drop off your items on Friday, August 18th from 6 to 8 p.m. If you would like to serve for this event, contact Chrissy Carroll at ccarroll at ctcde.church. We love to be able to give reports on ministries that we support on a monthly basis. Urban Promise is an organization whose mission is to equip children and young adults through Christ with the skills necessary for academic achievement, life management, personal growth, and servant leadership. In the past year, your generosity has helped with things like trips to Washington, D.C., college tours for high school students, and street leaders' trip to Utah. We count it as a privilege to be able to support ministries like this that are making an impact in the lives of students in Wilmington. Thanks for being here today. You can find more information about all of our events by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. As we worship together today, our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. Now, let's get ready to worship. Good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Whether you're in the room or if you're worshiping with us online, we welcome you today. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Can we stand this morning as we begin by worshiping the Lord today? There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, man on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know. Everything I need you've got is honey in the rock. For a miracle, thirsty for the living well, only you can satisfy. Sweetness at the mercy seat, now I've tasted, it's not hard to see. Only you can satisfy. It's honey in the rock. Honey in the rock. 
we trust you. We put our trust and our faith in you today because you never let us down. So God, today we invite you, your Holy Spirit, to come in and be with us. Move among us. God, we pray today that you would challenge us and you would strengthen us and you would move in us. Bless us today in these moments that we have together as we worship you, as we listen to your word, as we fellowship together, as we enjoy being in your presence. God, We thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, again, we welcome you to Christ the Cornerstone. Thanks for being here today. If you are new, if you've never been here before, whether you're in-house or online, uh, there's a card that you can fill out that you can let us know uh, that you're new and give us the information. Just give us the basic information, whatever you trust us with, and we promise not to misuse that. We just want to be able to thank you for uh, being a guest with us today. When you leave the room today, uh, out on the, in the mall, on the left-hand side of the mall, is our Connect Central. We encourage you to stop by there. We have a gift for you, and uh, you'll have an opportunity to meet some folks from our church, find out about all the ministries that we have going on here at Christ the Cornerstone, places you might be able to get involved in, uh, in serving or just in, in being involved in those ministries. 
right where you're seated is a Connect card that we encourage you to fill out at, uh, every time that you come and worship with us. And uh, so if you would just fill that out and let us know you're here and who's worshiping with you. Uh, that's also a place that you can communicate uh, prayer requests and praise reports to us. And uh, we will get together uh, several times throughout the week and pray over those and rejoice over those uh, praise reports. So if you would give us that information, uh, those cards are located right where you're seated. Uh, if you need an online Connect card, there's a place for you to uh, connect with us there. And uh, if you're new and you're online, you can just click the I'm new button uh, that's at the top right hand of the screen or uh, click the button in the chat that just uh, most likely popped up uh, right there. Uh, so we are here worshiping together and uh, we're about to worship. We're about to. Would you help me welcome Sergeant Pastor Roger Frederick? He's here. He comes right here. Great, great haircut, by the way. Sergeant Pastor. This, this is why he calls me Sergeant Pastor Roger, because it got cut short. Welcome, everybody. Great to see all of you here this morning. And it's good to gather together in the house of the Lord. And uh, welcome online, and thank you for being with us online. I'd like to use these opportunities just to, just to as you know, remind us of the of our stewardship of following Jesus Christ. He gives us all kinds of things to do together and abilities and passions and talents. And um, I want to talk a little bit about serving today in our series uh, that we're in, playing our part in the kingdom of God. We're uh, focusing on what we can do. And we do things inside the church we serve God outside the church, and there are many ways that we can do that. Inside the church, we, we serve on the hospitality team. We need people to do all kinds of things there, whether it's help set up in the morning before people come to worship on a Saturday night or a Sunday morning. We need people to help clean up afterwards. We need people to stand at the doors and greet people. And uh, one of the things that I hope we can do very quickly, very soon, and let's have somebody standing at the door as, as, our, as you're leaving on Sunday. When somebody comes to your house, uh, you don't just say goodbye and unless they're really close friends to you. You walk them to the door and you say, thank you so much for coming. And I'd like for us to show that kind of hospitality too. So if, if you're willing to give uh, some extra time, come a little early, stay a little later, uh, on a Sunday, and let that be part of your service uh, inside the church. I hope you'll you'll do that. You have more opportunity to think about that as as we go through this series. But then also uh, serving God outside of the church and helping others in the community. One of the things, and I don't know, this this is kind of on the inside and the out, kind of a blend of inside and outside. You saw uh, in August we're going to have another yard sale giveaway. Which is, which is basically we're, we're having a yard sale, but everything's free. So you're just donating it, and people can come and, and, and take what they want, kind of a twist on the yard sale. But it's a, it's a way to serve the community in that way. So look around your house, see what you've got, uh, what you're willing to donate. We don't want junk. That's not, it's not an opportunity <laughs> to empty out all that stuff that you didn't, didn't want to take to the landfill or, or whatever. Um, useful things that other people can use. Anyway, serving God. And, you know, one of the great things, ways that we, we serve God is just by being generous to God. And, and, and a year ago, 
I stood before you and said, hey, we're in, a, we're in a difficult spot financially. Daniel and I were talking earlier this week, and the good news is we are in the black as we're entering into the, into the summer months, and we praise God. I praise God for your faithfulness uh, and, and being generous and all those things. I was looking over, uh, you know, back in January, I asked us to, to make a pledge to give uh, to the minister, to give through the ministries of Christ the Cornerstone. And if you, if you pledged and if you've given anything, you're going to get a letter from me in the next couple of weeks just saying thank you for that. But I wanted to, to, to take this opportunity. It certainly is a, a good opportunity for us to give thanks to God during our worship time uh, for His faithfulness to us. And I thank God for your faithfulness to Christ the Cornerstone. Let's remind ourselves of one of the scriptures that causes us to be generous, and, and uh, let's read this scripture together. Uh, will, you, will you join me, please? And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Amen. Amen. Well, let's stand together uh, if you're in the room and if you're able and would like to. Let's stand together and continue singing and rejoicing and praying and praising God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to worship you. Worship is what we bring to you, God. We don't come to worship to take away But we find, God, that when we give ourselves to you, when we give our voices to you, when we give our thoughts to you, when we give our words of praise to you, you're right there with us. And we do receive, God. The point is, God, that we're here to recognize, to thank you, to lift you up, to speak, to sing your praises, and to to open ourselves to hear what you have to say to us today. So God, we're here. We thank you for meeting us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord.
Jesus, the scripture says, every knee will bow of things in earth, things in heaven, and of things under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The King of glory. We sang about him last week. We're singing about him today. He is here with us. That the King of the universe would want to come and have a relationship with us. That's an amazing thing, folks. That is no small thing in our lives, and it is very significant to all of us for what it means for us now, for what it means for us in eternity. No matter what situation you're facing here in this room, watching us online, no matter what situation you're facing, we serve a God who never fails. Over the last few weeks, we've been learning a new song that the lyrics come in part from Psalm 34, 4. It says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. He is the God who never fails.
Bye. 
thank you, Lord. We thank you that you promised us that you would never fail us. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You will never give up on us. You will never walk away from us. Your promises are true. We can trust you, God. We were talking about this with the Saturday night service last night, that God's word is true. And then I asked this question. I said, do you believe that? And a bunch of people, of course, said, yeah, yeah, we believe that. And then it occurred to me, guess what? It doesn't matter if we believe it or not. His word is true. His promises are true. So it's up to us to get on the bus of believing in God's promises and trusting in what he said he would do and trusting in who he says he is. Now, again, earlier we... We talked about the fact that the creator of all the universe has decided that he wants to be here with us. Because not only did he create the universe, he created you and he created me and all of us. Psalm 18, 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God and the earth shows forth his handiwork. And so today, we will not let any rocks cry out in our place. 
we will not let anything else or anybody else give God the praise that's in our heart that he deserves to receive. God, we worship you today, now and forever. And God of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time, With no point of reference, spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of light. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born in the vapor of your breath, the planet. Stars were made to worship, so alive. I can see your heart in everything you made. Every burning star, a signal fire of praise. If creation sings your praises, so down my heart through all of my failure and pride. On a hill you created the light of the world abandoned in darkness to die. 
in you today that you don't leave us behind and Lord if you had to do it over and over and over again a hundred billion times you would give your life for us so God we rejoice in you today and we thank you for those promises do us let's invite the children to come forward in April if you'd meet them down here let's let's give our young people uh, a blessing before they go to their rooms and uh, experience your grace yeah you can go ahead and have a seat let's pray Heavenly Father we thank you for these young ones we thank you for the potential but God not just potential we thank for the you for the life that they bring to us here and now and we ask your blessing to be upon them open their ears open their eyes Open their hearts to you, Jesus, that they may, as we do, commit to follow you in everything we do. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless the teachers. And God bless the moms and dads and grandparents and everybody who gives, uh, gives guidance to these beautiful young ones. And uh, as, as God looks upon all of us in that way, let's, let's roll the, the bumper. Hear the message, and as we as we watch uh, that that bumper and the and the video, every every time I see it, I think of something different about that. What those people in the video are doing, they are preparing, and isn't that what we come here to do too? We come. This is our rehearsal. 
for living out there. This is where we come and gather together as the, as the cast of, of God's people in this world. And, and we're, we get sent out onto the, the you know, th- that is our stage out there. And so God calls each one of us who has faith in Jesus to play that role. So we've been following this theme, this idea for several weeks now. And uh, we're going to continue it through the summer. But remember that we began by by looking at Acts chapter two, and and the impetus, or the the power, or and and the motivation, and the strength comes from God. He gives us His Holy Spirit, and we saw how the, the disciples had gathered together, and and there God sent the Holy Spirit to equip them and to empower them, to instruct them, to give them the boldness. And we saw the first person that we we saw come out of that was Peter, and he proclaimed that message of good news to others. And then we looked the next week. We looked at Barnabas, the encourager, and we saw how he how how he gave courage. I love that word, encourage, because it means to give courage to others. Reminds me of where where do we get courage? Courage rarely comes from within me. Courage is defined as doing something that we are fearful of doing. The fear never goes away, but we do it anyway. That's courage, right? And and God often does not take away the fear. But God said to Joshua back in the Old Testament, be courageous. And what's the next phrase? Because I am with you. Courage comes from God being with us. We, we, don't, we don't discover courage in ourselves. God gives us courage because God is with us. We get courage. You know, little children get courage to go through the storm. Why? Not when they're sitting in their beds all by themselves, but because they get up and in their fear they get up and they go spend time with somebody who keeps them safe. God asks us to do that too. Barnabas is the encourager who reminds people God is with you. Now go, do this thing, because God is with you. And then we looked at Stephen. Stephen, and then last week, Philip. Both of them are people who are called to do a very particular act of service for other people. But as they are called to serve, God gives them words to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ. And as they are serving, as they are doing this little task, as they are doing this very normal task, a mundane task that anybody could do, while God has given them this opportunity to do this simple task, He's also putting the words on their mouth (laughs) to be able to say, this is why I'm doing that. And as, as the church... The reason we serve others is not because it's a good idea to serve others. It's because God loves all people. And God has come in order that all people may experience the life-changing love of Jesus. Love of God through Jesus. That's our mission. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. That's why I ask you to stand at the door. That's why I ask you to give something. That's why we, we are generous to through the church to help people. That's why. We have our homeless ministry at our Ellesmere campus. That's why we do all these things, so that all people can experience the life-changing love of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So we watched Philip and Stephen 
do those things. And today we get to this young man named Saul as he's in known in the Scripture. Who is Saul? Let's go back. If you can remember, <laughs> I'm glad that some of us were not even born in 2004. But some of us, but, but if you can remember 2004, I want you to remember the, the, the political scene in 2004. And there was an event that really changed, cha- changed America, and it happened at the Democratic National Convention. Do you, if you can remember 2004, who gave the final, the keynote speech at the Democratic National Convention in 2004? Anybody remember? Barack Obama. Young, upcoming, unknown, mostly, senator from the state of Illinois, gave, gave an incredible speech. And as I watched that speech, I knew this guy's going to be president. But, but how did I know that? Not just because of the speech, but I also knew it because I could see how the crowd was responding to this guy. I could see how others were responding to get this guy. It was clear to me that Barack Obama had a group of people who were, who were both supporting him, guiding him, leading him, encouraging him to go in this direction. Now, I want you to think about Barack Obama rising up through the ranks of the political system in the Democratic Party. And now I want you to think back to, the, to Saul, and let me describe to you who Saul is. Saul was this young boy who had some special talent. And there were some older people who, who saw, saw, it's very hard to say, saw Saul Coming to temple, he sat at the feet of his rabbis. He learned the stories of the Old Testament. He he asked questions. They recognized in Saul an ability to think critically. They recognized in Saul an ability to grasp what this Judaism is all about. They recognized in this young man, hey, this guy has some skills. This guy can do something for Judaism. This guy, hey, he could be the next high priest. And so, so they gathered around him. They encouraged him. They made sure that he got to the right rabbis, to the best school. And, and they made sure that he was given responsibility as he's coming up and Saul soaked it in. Kind of like Barack Obama, right? This is who Saul is. He's, he's being groomed for this position of high priest. And here, here's, where we, here's where we get to meet Saul for the first time. Now we've got to go back to Stephen. And in the book of Acts, Stephen, remember that servant that was called simply to deliver food, (laughs) to organize the distribution of food, to delegate a simple task to others. And as Stephen did it, he proclaimed the truth of Jesus Christ. And in doing that, and in proclaiming the truth of Jesus Christ, he was taken to task because he was speaking to Jewish people. 
And he was saying, this Jesus is the Son of God. This Jesus is God. This Jesus is the one who is resurrected from the grave. Nobody can do that, you Jews say, unless they are God. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the one who saves us, who saves all people. And there is no other person who, through whom we can have this relationship with God. There is no other person through whom our sins are forgiven. Jesus is the one. That got Stephen in trouble. And I want you to listen to the end. And, and, and remember this. Here's the connection. Stephen is proclaiming this message. We're going to see how it gets him killed. But pay attention to who's watching. So let's go. I'm going to start reading in Acts chapter 7. I'm going to start reading with verse 51. But I just want you to hear it. You're going to start seeing on the screen at, at verse 58. But I'm going to start reading a little more background into the story. And I just want you to listen. This is the end of Stephen's speech. I'm avoiding using the word sermon because I don't think Stephen was intending. He didn't sit down like I do and prepare his remarks for these people. The Holy Spirit gave these words to Stephen because that's what the Holy Spirit does. So let's listen to what Stephen was saying. Pretend that you're, 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 you are the elite of the Jewish community. And you know what Judaism is all about. And you're committed to it. And you're, you're going you're gonna to follow it. And, and listen to what Stephen says. <laughs> this is the end of it. He's wrapping it up. And he says, you stubborn people. That's a good way to get people motivated, right? You are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. You, must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. (laughs) What we call, he's pulling all punches, right? They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the Righteous One, the Messiah whom you betrayed and you murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law even though you received it from the hands of angels. End of sermon. End of speech. As you can imagine, Scripture says, the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's Accusation. <laughs> I love how that just, it just comes up. Oh, it's just an accusation. No, Stephen was proclaiming the truth led by the Holy Spirit. They were so angry, they were so infuriated, they shook their fists at Stephen in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And he told them, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Yet again, he's quoting Old Testament prophecy. They put their hands over their ears and they began shouting. (laughs) And then they rushed at him. Here's verse 58. And they dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats, laid him at the feet of a young man named, read it out loud, who? 
Saul. And they stoned him. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Saul was one of the witnesses. And Saul agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. And a wave of persecution. Somebody's having their Bible read out loud. (laughs) Come on, read it. (laughs) A great wave of persecution. You think you version can read this better than me? (laughs) That's right. That's right. It's a good interruption. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the city of Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem. All the believers except the apostles were scattered through the region of Judea and Samaria. And some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them in prison. We see who Saul is. Remember how I described Saul's upbringing in the church. The selection of Saul, the the promise that, that others had for him. So we see who Saul is. He thoughtfully and intentionally sought to stop Jesus, the resurrected one. He watched Stephen die. He heard all of Stephen's speech, which I didn't read all of it for you. Saul was there. Saul approved of it. Saul is guilty. Even though he may have said at some point, well, I just held the coats. I really didn't kill him. But he was guilty of it. We jump to chapter 9, verses 1 through 17. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath. And he was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of many followers of the way he found there. The way was a nickname given to to those who followed Jesus. We call them pilgrims, people who follow somebody. And, And so Saul was requesting... A letter from the high priest with a high priest's seal on it so that as Paul went to the city of Damascus and probably the cities in between, any place he could go, he had the authority of the high priest of all of Judaism. And and, and he came into the synagogue and he said to the priest, Tell me, who among you follows the way of this man Jesus? Imagine somebody coming in here. Who among you? And, and, and I'm sure that there are questions, very inquisitive questions, like, have you seen anybody cast out demons? Have you seen anybody in this synagogue perform a healing? 
Have you seen anybody claim to follow Jesus? We know that one of the secret symbols was to, was to, to, to write the symbol of a, of a fish in the sand in front of a person's house. Do you know anybody? Have you seen it? Where are those houses? And Saul's coming to you and saying, tell me where your friends are who follow the way. He got letters to do this. And he wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. So one day as he was approaching the city of Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down upon him, around him. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Let me ask, I'm going to ask this question later, but let me ask it now to get you thinking about it. When have you been confronted with Jesus? Not confronted by somebody else. But when in your life have you felt in your own heart, in your own gut, in your own mind, oof, I'm messing with Jesus. I mean, we sang that beautiful song of the creation. God who, who, who spoke and a million galaxies were born. When when have you in your own life been confronted with the reality that this God who created all of this, who created this magnificent creation, that, that, that in that song it says, all of creation follows the sound of your voice. You're created to follow the sound of His voice. Are you listening? And, and, And when have you heard this God This Almighty One, speak your name. Eric. (laughs) Eric. And look at the question. Why are you persecuting me? Oof. When, When we reject Jesus, when we do things that are against Jesus, when we do things that are against His Word, when we entertain thoughts that are against His ways, we're persecuting Jesus. We're coming against Him. Why are you persecuting me? Saul replied, Who are you, Lord? I want you to notice something in this this, uh, text. Who are you, Lord? Notice the word Lord is not capitalized. He's not calling Jesus by name. He's using a very common word, just like we would say, sir, ma'am. In our culture, we don't use those terms of respect very much. But he's recognizing that, that the one who's encountering him, whoever it is, deserves respect. And the voice replied, I am Jesus. The one you're persecuting. Now get up and go. <laughs> you know, I love that this shows us there's no condemnation. There's no, there's no punishment here. There's no, look what you've done. Every time I say look what you've done, I think of the, the, the movie Home Alone and 
the, the first movie, Home Alone, and the, the uncle, and when they're all in the kitchen that night before they, they fly out, and Kevin, I don't know, Kev, Kevin's trying to get that piece of pizza, and things go awry, and the soda spills, and the uncle says, look what you did, you little jerk. <laughs> God does not say that to Paul. God does not say that to us. He simply says, Who are you? why are you persecuting me? And he knows all those silly things that we've done. But he refuses to say, look what you did, you little jerk. He just says, now get up and go. Get up. And hear this. If this is the only thing that you hear today, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, all your sins are forgiven. Now get up. Get up and go. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Look what Saul had done. He was intentionally killing Christians. I'm Jesus. And I'm coming after you. Another verse, another allusion to the song that we sang. Jesus is the good shepherd who seeks after the lost sheep. Jesus is coming after you. Not to condemn you, the Bible says, but to give you life. Because the way that you're heading without Jesus leads to death. And eternal separation from God. Jesus seeks us all out. So I'm asking the question again. When have you heard Jesus call your name? Why are you persecuting me? Why are you turning away from me? Why are you? Why do you not believe in me? I am real, as Pastor Bill says. It doesn't matter if we believe Scripture's truth or not. It doesn't make it untrue just because I don't believe it. So as he was approaching, we got the light. Let's see, where was I? I am Jesus, the wonder person. Get up and go to the city, and then I will tell you what you must do. And the men who stood with Saul were speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but they didn't see anyone. Saul picked himself up off the ground, and when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus, and he remained there blind for three days. He did not eat or drink. He was fasting. And, and, and notice that, that Paul, Saul now still, recognizes this is a spiritual encounter that I'm having. How do I get through this? Well, he goes back to his teaching a bit, and he begins to fast. God, you're doing something in my life. I don't understand it, but I'm going to pay attention. Now, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord spoke to Ananias in a vision, calling him, Ananias, yes, Lord, Pause there and look at the word Lord once again. How is this word Lord different from the previous word Lord that we looked at? Ananias is knowing who he's talking to. And this is, this is a direct reference to Jesus. Ananias, the believer who's been living there, who's seeing this vision, hearing this, replies, yes, Jesus, I'm here. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. And when you get there, I love that. Jesus knows his address. 
Right there on Straight Street. I don't know which house. Straight, straight Street's probably a straight street. Probably goes right through the middle of town. Maybe Anna's not, Ananias didn't know. He's just, he, so he gets to Straight Street and he says, Do you know Judas? Which, is, which one is Judas' house? Oh, it's that one over there. Go find it. Go to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. Saul is praying to me right now. So you love how God works? Right now. And I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him. So he, I, I, I showed him a video of who you are. Ananias, he's praying to me right now. Remember, I told you Saul was fasting. And in the same instant that Saul is fasting, God is giving this video. You know, it's not a video. It's a a vision. But in that, no, I'm not going to say a video is a vision. (laughs) I've shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming. He knows he's expecting you. Go. Look at, but Lord, but Lord, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, and he's authorized by the leading priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. Saul's reputation has preceded him. My dad used to say that to me when my stomach would get too big. (laughs) You know, that's a sign of, you know, especially in those days, Having a little extra fat on you was a sign of prosperity because in those days you, you, you couldn't afford food, so you were skinny. But but you know, so my dad would say to me as I was getting a little bit bigger, he said, "Roger, your prosperity precedes you." <laughs> Saul's reputation preceded him. They knew, they they he knew about him, and he's authorized to arrest anyone who calls upon your name. Ananias said, but Lord, and the Lord says, but Ananias, in verse 15, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings, as well as the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So therefore, because God said go, Ananias went and found Saul. He laid hands upon him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Two things. Healed and filled. And and I think it's important for us, if we're praying for healing for someone, Let's not just leave it at the healing. But that healing has a purpose. The healing is not an end in itself. The healing has a purpose that others may know the glory of God in their lives. So Lord, fill this person also with your presence. And so Saul, he re- instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. He got up and he was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food. He broke his fast. He had breakfast, break fast. And he regained his strength. Now, you can read more about the story of Saul. We're going to move on to other characters next week. But Saul's knowledge of Jesus 
ultimately comes from the testimony that he saw in Stephen. Stephen, who who was the martyr. Stephen, who pointed the finger. Stephen, who, who proclaimed who Jesus is. And God is calling each one of us to a place of service in the kingdom of God, acting out our part in order that others can come and experience God. Consider Saul's anger towards Stephen and then the end of Stephen's speech. Stephen held nothing back. He directly accused and blamed them not for killing only killing Jesus, but for blatant disobedience to God, whom they claimed to have a righteous relationship with. They thought they were righteous, but they were not. Many of us think we're righteous, but we're not. Jesus confronts Saul, and Saul who believes him, Who are you, Lord? (laughs) Saul is knocked off his donkey (laughs) and humiliated. And Saul takes that humiliation and he humbles himself before God. When when, when we are humiliated, let's not get indignant. Let's not get angry. Let's, let's, Let's humble ourselves because perhaps that's what God is asking us to do. Show a little humility. Then God sends Ananias, who reluctantly follows, but has been filled with the Holy Spirit, and Ananias obeys and fulfills God's plan. Powerful story. There's a lot in here. We went through it. i got 19 seconds left. Let's talk about what it means for us. Like I said, has Jesus confronted you yet? Let's not leave this place. Let's not leave watching this message before we... Reflect and answer the question, has Jesus confronted you and what is your answer? Hear Jesus saying to you, I forgive you. My death on the cross. Now get up and come and follow me. I've got a purpose and a plan for your life. It's a plan as Jeremiah proclaimed, not not for harm, not for danger, not to destroy you though it probably and most likely will be extremely difficult to fulfill, but it is a plan for good. Has Jesus confronted you and have you said yes to Jesus? Asking for forgiveness, receiving it, and being filled with the Holy Spirit? Secondly, has Jesus called you to be a witness? Have you recognized in your life, having faith now in Jesus, Do you recognize that everything that you do, God may be giving you an opportunity to serve others in order to proclaim Jesus Christ? Whether it's it's counting the money at the bank, whether it's looking at data, whether it's fixing an IT problem at work, God's calling all of us to whatever we're doing, wherever we are, to use it as an opportunity to serve the Lord as we serve others. Don't neglect that opportunity to speak the truth of Jesus Christ. When God gives you opportunity, God will give you the words through the Holy Spirit. And we need to be aware of that. As Jesus called you to be a witness. Remember Matthew chapter 4 verse 23 says, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee teaching the ways of God. Announcing good news and healing all kinds of sickness and disease. Matthew repeats that phrase. Jesus 
traveled to the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, announcing good news, and healing all kinds of Jesus. Matthew, in his gospel, repeats that at least three times throughout his gospel. This is what Jesus does. Now, what, what would you think the body of Jesus, the body of Christ, would be expected to do in our world today? Wouldn't we be doing the same things that Jesus did, all of us? Teaching others the way of God? Announcing good news? Freedom from the freedom to the captives, healing, sight to the blind, and then giving us the authority through the Holy Spirit and the power to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. I was reminded last night of mental illness. Oh, we need to be praying for healing for mental illness in our society. I don't know why. You know, we could we could we we could say, well, this is the cause of so much mental illness. It's because of this. It's because of this. It's because of this. Who cares? We need God's healing in our land. And is the body of Christ or the people of God praying for healing for these things with the authority of the Holy Spirit, of Jesus Christ, of God the Father? Lord, heal our illnesses. All of them. In Jesus' name. Let's take some time as we close our service to pray together these two questions. Have you been confronted by Jesus? If you have and you've said, yes, Jesus, rejoice in that. It's an opportunity for you to say, Jesus, I trust in you. I know, Jesus, I need you in my life. Remember, Jesus, the, the, the Sermon on the Mount. Beatitudes, blessed are those who realize their need of God. Blessed are those who realize their need of God, for they will receive God's grace, mercy, kindness, healing, forgiveness, presence in their lives. Those of us who have been in uh, following Jesus for a long time, are we taking seriously? every day the opportunity that we have to serve others. Do we wake up in the morning and say, God, this is the day that the Lord has made. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus? Let's make that our commitment. I invite you to stand together as we as we sing and as we pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, whether we're watching online or whether we're in the room, wherever we are, whether it is today live or whether we're watching this as a video years, months later, Confront us, Jesus. Call us to you. Thank, thank you for being that good shepherd who seeks out the least and the lost. Thank you, Jesus, for seeking out me. And God, I know that I came up through a family that took me to church often. But I still had to be confronted by you. And there was a day, God, when I, when I uh, many days, God, when I, you said, Roger, why are you doing that? Don't do that. Why did you say that? Don't say that. Jesus, I receive your forgiveness for all those sins. And I thank you, God, that, that, that you say, I choose to remember no more your sins. You never turned to me and said, look what you did, you little jerk. <laughs> I thank you for that, Jesus. I receive your grace. Thank you, God, for calling me and calling all of us. To, to ministry, to serve you, to, to serve others, whatever, whether it's a school bus driver, a school teacher, a, a banker, we're there, God, not for ourselves, not for our company, but to serve you. Oof. 
Let us be reminded of that tomorrow morning as we wake up and go to work. We give ourselves to you, Jesus. Come, be manifest in all of our lives as we work for you. In the name of Jesus, our precious Savior, amen. Amen. As we continue to worship today, the altar is open to come and pray. If you need someone to pray with you, there are folks at our prayer stations in the back. For us to truly be the people that God wants us to be, we have to give up who we think we want to be. We sang a song last week, and the lyrics simply say, I give myself away so you can use me. And we're going to sing that again today. Let's worship. And as we worship today, we invite you to come and to pray. And I give myself away.
God, we give ourselves to you today. We ask you to take who we are now and turn that into who you want us to become. Lord, we lay down our expectations of life, our expectation of how things should go, our expectation of how we think that we should serve the kingdom. And we ask you, Lord, to coach us, teach us, direct us, lead us in how to play the specific part that you've given us. God, we thank you that you have called us all to play a part in your kingdom. And so, Lord, as we go today, we pray you encourage us by the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to know and to search and to seek and to understand who you want us to be and how to play that role. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. The altars are still open if you want to come and pray. Folks are still at the prayer stations. You're online. You can still meet with some folks for another several minutes. If you need prayer, make sure you talk to someone before you go today. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping.